This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome into this edition of The Grid. It's a special edition of The Grid. We've got our first ever in-person interview. I'm Sam Fowler, your host, the assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate. Joined with me, as always, Mike Foreman. And we're joined by new Victoria East head coach, Charlie Reeve. Charlie, welcome in. Congrats on getting the job. I know there's there's a lot of excitement around it. You're, you're back home. You're, you're coaching in your hometown where you grew up. Getting that kind of get, getting back here what kind of excitement is there to take over a program like East that has a lot of great kids a lot of great athletes and a lot of potential absolutely um first of all you know i can't tell you how excited you know i am and my family is to come back here obviously this is a community that has meant a lot to me and my family you know my dad spent nine years uh here's the head coach my brother played here i played here and uh and so you know, to be able to come back home and, and uh, um, to a place that, that I grew up is is really special. And I tell, um, you know, I've told a lot of guys that you know, God has blessed me and my family to, to do a lot of things within my coaching career. Um, I've been able to coach with my dad when he was a Quero. Uh, my brother was also there at the time uh, to go to New Caney and, and, and coach with uh, my brother again as, as the head coach. And then uh, my nephew was also there. Um, has been, you know, something really special. But to come back here to my hometown uh, and to lead this program is something that's that's really special to me. Um, you know, just, um, you know, this is my 20th year in coaching. 12 of that has been at the college level. Um, you know, I was at Rice and then I was at Texas State and I was at UTSA. Uh, spent a little bit of time of, at University of Houston and then HBU. Um, and then made the decision that we've got, we got three younger sons and I'm starting to get older and, you know, made the decision that I'm going to go back to high school. But, uh, um, can't tell you how excited I am. I think this is a great program. I think all the pieces are in place. Uh, thank you, Coach Gant. And uh, I think we've got great leadership with him and, and uh, principal, uh, Mr. Gavish. And so uh, I think all the pieces are there uh, to be successful. And so, you know, I've only been there two days now, but I can't be excited and, and working hard. And Mike, you've you obviously with with your long career, you've been able to kind of see see Charlie kind of grow up. I mean, from player to coach. Now, I mean, look when you look at Charlie's hire at East. I mean, what are what are some of the things for you that you feel stand out and and really? make him the right guy for, for this East program? Well, honestly, I never covered Charlie in high school, uh, but I remember when he went to Pearl River, he did exceptionally well. In fact, uh, I believe he set school records there, and uh, he's now in the Hall of Fame or Hall of Honor. I'm not sure what they call it. I remember that. I also remember him uh, going to Texas State, where I guess an injury kind of cut short your career. But... I think I first reconnected uh, with Charlie when he went to Bay City. He was an assistant there. And then, of course, he went to Quero and uh, worked there. And uh, 
you know, I had a lot of interaction with him over there when he was there with his dad and his brother Travis, as he said. And I, I just think that uh, the experience that Charlie has had and his familiarity with this area um, and the, the programs he's been associated with are really what uh, made him an obvious choice. I mean, I I heard his name come up. Uh, uh, it was about, I guess, two weeks before they announced it. And, uh, you know, I thought, wow, that would really be a good choice. Of course, you never know what's going to happen, when, you know, when you're dealing with school boards and things like that. But uh, to me, that it's the right choice. Uh, it's a good thing, too, for him, I think, uh, his first head coaching job. So I think that it'll just bring a little bit of an excitement to the program, which I think it needs because, I mean, obviously, you know, um, Coach Gonzalez has been there for a long time, and uh, sometimes things, uh, when you get some new blood, it kind of brings a little excitement. Charlie, getting, I mean, what's going through your head, going through the interview process, and then finally hearing from Gant that, you know, you're the one he wants and you're going to, He's going to take that in front of the board and and then officially getting it. What kind of emotions did you feel when it was official? Yeah, so first of all, it went fast. I mean, uh, you know, Tuesday and then uh, was you know was approved by the board on Thursday. Um, so you know, number one, uh, you know, obviously excited when I got the call. Um, you know, I told my brother is, you know, I was excited for about 30 minutes until the realization that, um, you know, now you've got to go and do all the things that you said you were going to do in the interview process. Um, so obviously very excited. Um, I'm humbled for this opportunity. It, it means a lot to me. It's not something I take lightly. Uh, again, I thank Coach Gann. I thank, you know, the committee. I thank, uh, um, you know, Mr. Gavrish and our administration for the opportunity. So, um, very thankful and um, looking forward to getting started. Okay, let me step out real quick. Take this phone call. I think uh, the first thing I guess we ask you is when you come into a, a new program, uh, I know you just started actually just getting started this week. Uh, what are some of the first things you do to kind of get you, get things going? Yeah, so I told the kids when we first met last week, uh, that I'm really not concerned about what has happened in the past. Uh, we're going to build this program from the ground up, just like we do, you know, at the beginning of every offseason. You know, every January, we start our program from ground zero. And we build it up from there, whether I'm there, you know, have been there for five years or, or just getting to a program. Um, but one thing that I, I try to stress and we talk a lot about um, is is the process that that is why we're successful. Um, it's not what we do. It's not the X's and O's. All that, although all that stuff is important and we're going to, you know, we're going to work as hard as anybody on the X's and O's and the strength conditioning and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what has made us successful, um, is our toughness and our discipline and our work ethic and our, um, you know, our team chemistry. And, and, and we feel like if we can continue to put good days on top of good days, the wins are going to take care of themselves, but it's, it's more about our culture. It's more about how we do things and not what we do. And uh, I just wonder, too, um, let's face it, uh, there are obvious uh, problems here with uh, 
with facilities. Uh, the weight room is not really adequate for a 5A program. The, the stadium, you, those issues are well documented. It's basically the same stadium you played mm -hmm. in with the exception of the new turf and a new scoreboard. Um, obviously that's something, you know, you have to overcome. Uh, how do you try to overcome that and, and just enforce a positive attitude, you know, so the expectations are higher than maybe they have been? Yeah, I think anytime you go into a program, um, there's always obstacles, you know, that you're going to face. Um, some are bigger than others. Um, you know, but, you know, as far as facilities and, and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm coming from a, from a 6A program that didn't have an 80 yard or didn't have a 100 yard field on campus. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of ways, uh, we're used to, you know, dealing with, with those types of issues. But, you know, number one is we're not going to make excuses. Um, you know, we're going to find a way to, uh, to get it done no matter what, you know, uh, facilities or anything else that we have. Um, second thing, when it comes to facilities like, you know, the stadium and some of that stuff, um, my message is, um, you know, number one, I, I think something that, you know, I talked to Coach Boyce uh, when I got the job and, and, you know, I told him that I think this is a unique situation to have two, you know, former Victoria uh, players to lead these two programs. And I think together, I think, you know, we can do something special within this, this community. Um, but getting out into the community and, and really communicating why athletics are important. Uh, what is our, you know, it's not just about the wins and losses. Um, in my mind, athletics is one of the greatest teachers of life. Mm -hmm. And the things that these kids take away from this program are much more than just how to throw a football or, you know, shoot a basketball or, um, any of those things. Um, and so, um, number one is let's go fill up more Memorial Stadium, you know, mm -hmm. number one. And, uh, and number two is I think just getting out of the community and, and selling our, our vision for the, you know, for athletics and why it's important, um, I think is, um, you know, will help that cause. One thing uh, that your dad did, and I know Travis did, is have what they call a boot camp. Mm -hmm. uh, will you be doing that at East? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, we met as a staff this morning and uh, we mapped out kind of the next couple of weeks. Um, and that is on the horizon. Uh, you know, boot camp is always, you know, boot camp. Uh, when I was in high school, it's called the Sting Maker. You know, that's that's where you earned your uh, that's where you earned your year. Well, it's the same way here. You know, we're fixing to turn in all of our stuff, um, and uh, it's going to be the Titan Maker. And uh, you know, that's that's our that's our rite of passage, um, and and to earn, you know, to put on that red block. Uh, but that's obviously a big part of our program, and, and yes, we will we will continue to to do boot camp. And you brought this up, uh, the assistants. Uh, will you be bringing anyone in, or how's the staff going to look? Yeah, anytime you come in, you know, you want to bring, uh, you want to bring some guys that uh, um, that are familiar with what you're doing, and and um, and so you know, there'll be a couple of guys that we bring in. You know, how many right now? I'm not sure. Um, you know, right now we're in the process of just evaluating where we are as program. You know, and my message to the coaches is. You know, here, here's our program and this is what we, you know, what we believe in. And this is how we're going to operate it. And, 
Um, if that's something you can get behind, then let's go, you know, but if not, then hey, you know, I'm going to yeah. support you any way that I can. So right now, you know, we're in the valuation process just, you know, as the program as a whole, but uh, there'll be, there'll be some new faces that'll come along. And uh, I also should ask you, uh, have you thought about where you, you have spring ball or are you going to probably uh, take that extra week in the summer? No, we, yeah, we, we will be doing spring ball. We'll get cranked up on that probably mid-April. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think that's going to be big. I think, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, lost a lot of seniors. Uh, we've got a lot of young kids coming up. Uh, and so, you know, trying to identify, um, you know, some key positions I think is going to be big. And just, you know, spring ball is all about us. It's about, you know, um, learning the offense and the defense and the special teams and, and uh, learning, you know, the tools that we have. And so spring ball is going to be big for us. And I'm looking forward to that. And then summertime, you know, what the, what the UIL allows us to do in the summertime now mm-hmm. um, is such a big thing. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, this spring and this summer is going to be really big for us. I just wonder, uh, you know, being around uh, your dad and Travis, um, you know, I remember talking to him back in 18 when Quero won state about the uncommon men mm-hmm. win. He kind of started that. Um, what, I mean, what did you learn from them that, I mean, that makes a program successful. I mean, obviously you've got to have talented players. That's, that's a given. But beyond that, what, what has to happen or what needs to be done to be successful? Yeah. Well, two most influential people in my life, my parents, you know, I come from a a family of educators. Uh, My mom was a teacher and my dad was a coach. Um, And they're the reason that I do what I do. Um, and they're the reason that Travis does what he does. Uh, but I can say without bias, I, I've, I've been fortunate to, to coach with some great coaches and, and be a part of some great programs. Uh, but I can say without bias, the two best coaches that I've ever worked for are my dad and my brother. And, um, and I've told my brother numerous times is I, you know, um, I wouldn't be ready for this opportunity if it wasn't for him. And, um, and when it comes to building a program, it starts with kids and understanding um, that we're we're in this business to win games, obviously, and that's important. And we're going to bust our tails to win every game that we play. Uh, but the real reason that we're in this is to make an impact on kids. And um, you know, if if our kids leave our program and the only thing that they take from us is you know how to run inside zone or play cover two or whatever else, and that's the only thing they take away, then we have failed them as coaches. Um, you know, our job is to prepare them for life after high school. You know, this program is about the next 40 years. It's not about the four years that we have there. And so, you know, 10 years from now, nobody's going to care if they can run inside zone. Nobody's going to care if they can throw a curveball or any of that. But what they are going to, what is going to matter is those lessons that they've taken from this program. And so that's always been first and foremost and, and something that I've always taken from my dad um, that, you know, that we're in this number one to make a difference. Um, and it goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, again, the, the things that are going to make you successful in life are also the things that are going to make you successful on the field. And so um, number one is we tell our kids we care more about you as a player than we do, uh, or excuse me, as a person than we do as a player. And and we, we hold our kids, I mean, we coach them hard. We hold them accountable. Uh, but they know at the end of the day that it's coming from a place of love. 
and that it's coming from uh, a place of we have their best interests in mind. And, and just like I do my own kids, you know, um, I'm, I'm demanding and I'm, you know, I'm hard on, on my own kids, but it, it's the same way. It's, it's, um, we're hard on them and we hold them accountable because we care about them, because we love those guys. And so, um, you know, again, I, I've been fortunate, um, to work with some great coaches, but, um, by far, those, those two have been the most influential in my life. I don't know why this comes to mind, but it does. Um, right after your dad got the Quero job, I went over there and I walked in his office and he was sitting there filling out index cards. And I asked him, I said, what are you doing? He said, this is the way I learn the kids' names. I fill this out and then I can associate it with them and I remember them. Do, do you do something like that? You know what's funny is, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when I got the job and one of the first conversations we had was, was not so much index cards, yeah. but maybe we moved into a new generation. Yeah. But, um, the one thing that we did, and actually I appreciate our coaches that were on staff is they took a picture of every kid in our program and they had their name down. And so when I'm in the hotel room at nine and, and you know, I'm, I'm able to, uh, to get to know their names and, and that's, that's been, that's been big. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely taking that. And, uh, this kind of uh, something, one thing that people have pointed out to me here that they felt like maybe, uh, could help make the program better is the middle schools. Um, will you be involved with them? And, uh, I'm assuming that you would like them to run the same offense and defense as you run at East. Absolutely. Um, you know, we met with, so last Wednesday, we met with all of our coaches, high school and middle school. And one of the first things I told them is, is, you know, our success as a program starts at the junior house. And you know, I told our junior high coaches, you guys are the most important coaches in this room because number one, you guys are on the front lines of the program. You're going to have the first impact, you know, uh, first impression on these kids. Um, and, and you're going to set the tone, uh, for, for those guys for the next, uh, you know, seven years. And so absolutely, you know, we're going to get down in the junior highs and that's a big part of, of, uh, our program. And, and we want, um, you know, we want to speak the same language and, and do the same drills. And, um, so when they get in high school, um, you know, they're, they've been hearing the same thing for three years. Um, so yes, I mean, you know, junior highs is a big part of our program. That's new East head coach Charlie Reeve, just recently appointed at the head coach for the Titans, taking over for Roland Gonzalez, who announced he will be retiring at the end of this school year. Charlie, thank you so much for coming in, taking the time with us, and best of luck to you at East. After this break, we'll come back. We're going to talk some signing day stuff. It's that time of the year, Mike, on the on the other side of this break. A lot of signing day. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are, y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor? Uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area. 
high school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back into The Grid. It was a big week this week with signing day coverage. Everyone signing on February 1st. We were out at many, many places. My first spot was the earliest of them all, Edna, 7 a.m. As Drayden Ashford, he's going to Trinity University. And Pablo Almeida, he's going to Sol Ross State. One of the coolest things about that is Sol Ross on Tuesday, right before signing day, announced that it is a officially making the jump to Division II, and it will join the Lone Star Conference. Talking to Almeida, he said that they talked to him about that right out of the gate. They love they loved this idea of them going D2, not have to travel 10 hours to go play a conference game. So that was a big selling point for him. I'm sure Sol Ross got a lot of recruits on, on that fact alone. Beautiful, beautiful area mm-hmm. out there in, Al- in Alpine, Texas, West Texas, Big Bend. Love that place. But, Mike, you'll love this. Drayden talked to me. He said, connecting with Jeremy Urban, uh, the former Strowman quarterback and, and former Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, former pro standout, they connected like that. And that was a big selling point for Ashford to go to Trinity. Not only that, but Trinity's academics certainly speak for itself for for coach urban and, and and what he's been able to do in a short time at at trinity you know what's this say about him coming down here and giving a lot of these athletes a chance to one play at a high level at, at the top tier of division three and also give them a chance to go get one heck of a degree from Trinity. I know Jeremy loves to come down here and, and get athletes. There haven't been as many as uh, you probably would like. Uh, the reason for that is uh, uh, Trinity was very strict, as you know, on academic standards. And uh, unless you can meet that bar, I mean, they won't recruit you. Uh, and that, you know, that's what that institute represents. Um, in fact, it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to someone about this today about Trinity. Uh, you know, you're going there for an education first. And if you happen to do a sport, regardless of what it is, that is kind of a secondary thing. In fact, Jeremy said, uh, we talked about it this summer when I saw him at coaching school. He said that, uh, they've practiced football practice like early in the morning. Like, I don't know if it's like six to eight or whatever. And then the reason that was done is so all the players could go to their classes. A lot of them have labs after school. So that shows you right there that they're serious about academics. So uh, it says a lot about Drayden, too, that he's willing to make that commitment because it shows he's he's definitely thinking about his future. 
Yeah, and speaking about Drayden's future, I talked to him. He's going to play a high. He's anticipating playing a hybrid position between defensive end and linebacker, which we saw we saw him play linebacker so well for the Cowboys this year as they reached the state semifinals. But the other thing is, he's already thought what he wants to what he wants to major in. He wants to be a computer science major. I mean, talk about a guy who who's got his head on straight and talking to him. You always. You you always got that sense that he's he's a young man who's confident in what he wants to do. He knows what he knows what his plan is for or what plan he has for himself. So that's a good thing for him. Jeremiah, you got to go out to you got to go out to East on Wednesday. Big day for for Jaden Williams. He's getting a chance to head up the road a little bit to Brenham. He's going to go play for Blinn College. Blinn's a, uh, I played at Trinity Valley and and. We all know that ju- that JUCO conference, the Southwest Junior College Football Conference, is really good and it's produced a lot, a lot of talent. I mean, heck, Cam Newton came from came from Blaine by way of Florida, but still, a lot of talent there. Talking to Jaden, what kind of excitement does he have to take on this next chapter in his life? Yeah, Jaden. Uh, Jaden was very excited to you know be going to Blaine College. He was telling me that, you know, he had offers to, you know, other schools. Uh, Mount Union was one in particular where um, he that he had an offer from. Um, but, you know, he ultimately ultimately chose Glenn College just because of, you know, the fact that they, were, they wanted to recruit him as a quarterback. Um, that's the position that he's played, you know, basically entire, his entire life since sixth grade. Uh, he did play a little bit of other positions in high school when, uh, when he was on varsity as a sophomore. But, you know, that, that was really the selling point for him. Wanting to be a quarterback on that next level, and you know it's, it's it's cool to see see you know local talent be able to you know play on play on that next level like Sam was saying, uh, you know one of the premier JUCOs in Texas, and you know also being just two hours away from from friends and family in Victoria was another selling point for Jaden. But yeah, it was it was just a very uh, exciting moment for him and you know for the East program. I'm not sure what's going on with this, but it's not really picking up a lot. So, so try and like get closer to the mic and, and talk into it. Like here, it's why is it picking me up right now really well? I don't, I don't understand. Mike, for you, you your busy day encompassed a lot. You had you had three signings first. Um, Jaden Jones. In Yoakum, he's going to Angelo State. Hey, my alma mater, baby, let's go, Ramble. And then you fit, you went to Quero. Sean Burke's going to UT Permian Basin, which after they made the jump to D two, or they they added football right after I had left Angelo State. So the Falcons also doing a good job. Then made your way to the beautiful city of Bay City. And you got to see a big signing uh, signing day for them. One of the things I want to touch on is, is that that last one, and, and it talks. It says a lot about Bryce Turner. You know, he had signed early with Nebraska, and former Baylor coach Matt Rule, who's now with the Cornhuskers, and he wanted he wanted to wait to be able to celebrate that moment with his teammates and his friends. For for you seeing Bryce not only on the football field but but also track and field and getting to know him, what's that say about 
the kind of guy Turner is and and how he really really encompasses that 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 team that team mindset that Robert Jones really wants there for the Black Cats. Well, Robert uh, has worked. Robert, as you said, Jones has worked with uh, has worked with um, Bryce since he came in. Uh, Bryce uh, originally lived in Bryce City. The family left and went to Lockhart for a while and came back. Uh, it was in the middle of Bryce's sophomore year, and uh, he's worked pretty steadily with Bryce. Uh, Bryce obviously um, has the speed. I mean, he ran a uh, 10-2-3 at, at State, 100 and a 21.04 at, in the 200 in both those races, and he's, he's actually run under 21. So actually, he had the speed. Uh, his football, I want to say his football uh, ability is still kind of in its growing stage. He's obviously got the, st- the speed, but um, Robert said he worked on him with his hands. And I think as he gets to Nebraska and more specialized, they can work with him on his route running, things like that. Um, and I thought it was interesting that uh, I was told that uh, since Matt Rule has gone back to uh, the college level in Nebraska now, like he was at Baylor, he uh, is really focusing on speed. And he actually recruited and signed five guys who are track football guys. So there's there's no doubt that he's looking at the speed factor, which is very important in college football today. So uh, I think that was a big step for him. And, um, you know, that was interesting. And, of course, Bryce is like uh, like most of our Division One athletes actually signed early. He just waited to, to celebrate with uh, his fellow athletes. And uh, I think, um, I guess we're going to see more of that now because of the changing landscape of college football. Obviously, these, these kids know that unless you have multiple offers, you have got to sign because with that transfer portal sitting out there, I mean, if you don't sign right away, I'll give you an example of uh, Calhoun, uh, you know, Gage Spencer, who uh, I went out and visited with earlier this week was going to Air Force Academy. He actually, uh, his dad actually played at North Texas and uh, he had an offer from North Texas, but uh since he was still looking, uh, they actually pulled the offer. So that shows you. He also had another offer, though, from Tulsa that was really interested in him before, you know, he ultimately committed to Air Force and signed with Air Force. But uh, that, you know, that shows you the uh, changing landscape of uh, college football. Yeah, that was that was one thing that Edna head coach Jimmy Mitchell made made everyone well aware of it it doesn't just affect the d1s i mean you're seeing it also in the the fcs the d2 the d3 level i mean not not so much in the at those levels but you know a d2 where there is scholarship money where there are guys who maybe want to try and get up to get up to a higher level whether that's going d1 or going from mid-level d2 to to an upper tier D2 school, there's a log jam and it still hasn't cleared. And I saw something, uh, our friend Mike Craven with uh, Texas football, he he tweeted out uh, 
a link to a story and I read it. It's about how it's not so much the transfer portal. It was the free year of eligibility in 2021 that that really muddied the waters when it came to the college football landscape and recruiting and all of that. Because, you know, here, guys, they've got essentially they're, they're in if you're a freshman in 2021, well, you you can still go play until. 2026 uh if you if you didn't if you did not redshirt right away so that's one thing the other thing let's talk about sean burks i mean i really like this move if you look at what utpb has tried to do it's very similar to what we've seen with uh texas a&m kingsville they they're recruiting heavy they're trying to get these these small town tough tough kids from Texas, recruit in-state, all of that. And for Kingsville, it paid, it paid off this year. They they signed, they were able to sign Doug Brooks out of Shiner. They were able to sign Grant Schaefer to go punt, and a, a number of really, really good athletes all around. And they were able to contend for the conference title this year. UTPB, under a new head coach, they're taking a page out of the Kingsville playbook, and they're doing that. How how do you feel that this is the the right move for Sean Burks? Sean, uh, I know he was frustrated early on because he wasn't getting a lot of attention, but uh, the school school started coming in on him more, um, and his top two really were uh, A&M Kingsville and uh, Permian Basin. He said he did get an offer from uh, Stephen F. Austin. But it came after he had committed to Permian Basin. Um, and Permian Basin, uh, it was funny. We were, we were, we talked about this about a, the week before he went out on his visit. I, I asked him, I said, have you ever been to Odessa before? And he said, no. And I said, well, let me just tell you, it's a different world out there. And uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I say it's just different and the culture is a little different out there. But if you know, if you enjoy it out there, it's a good place. And obviously, like you said, Sam, I mean, um, I was talking to um, Coach Garner, the the swim coach at uh, at El Campo. His son Zane is going there to swim, and he was talking about the facilities are incredible there. He said uh, they have great facilities, and they're you know they're really trying to build the program up. And, uh, that, I, and they have a new head football coach who just came in in January, whole new staff. And that's what Sean talked about is how he connected with the, the staff and the defensive coordinator. So I think that was an excellent choice for him. He felt like, uh, that was the place where he would fit in best. And, you know, like, uh, we talked about uh, the most important thing is getting that opportunity and getting a chance to get an education. And uh, if you can do that, I mean, uh, believe me, I mean, a lot of people put this, well, you got to be D1, you got to be D1. No, you don't. you got to give yourself a chance to play and to get an education. That's what the most important thing is. Yeah, that reminds me of a conversation I had with my dad, um, you don't, you don't, 
you don't have to go D1 to get these opportunities. I know a lot of these kids have dreams of going to the NFL. I was one of them. But just because you don't go D1 does not mean you're not going to get the opportunity. Uh, uh, I mean, even I got an invite to a specialist-only combine. I had a number of teammates who got looks. They got invites to rookie mini camps. They got they got opportunities and got looks out of Angelo State. And I had other friends uh, elsewhere who they also got it. So, you know, if, if these guys do want to go try and pursue an NFL dream, uh, going going D two does not kill that if if you can play they will find you so all these kids get this opportunity yeah and i can give you one specific example of this uh robert armstrong from cuero was outstanding receiver in high school uh he had an offer from uh a&m kingsville um and he wasn't really going to take it or anything and he told me one day coach reed mark reed called him in his office and said, Look, do you want to play college football? Do you want to do something? You better take this offer. And he did. He winds up setting a record for receptions in Kingsville. And he goes on from there and actually gets an invite to uh, Cowboys camp. Uh, it didn't pan out, and he's now actually a state trooper. But uh, it just shows you that I've always said it in any sport, if you're good enough, They'll find you. That you know, they that's what they do. That is their you know livelihood. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter you know where you are. I mean, uh, you know, you look at guys in the pros, and you you hear these colleges all the time. That sometimes you say, where the heck is that? Well, they know where to find you if you're you're in there. So uh, any opportunity is a good opportunity. Yeah, and I really, really like I, I kind of relate to Burks with that. I mean, going when I went to Angelo State, that was that was when we were trying to build the program under Will Wagner, the head coach at the time. And I loved that. I love the idea. I it, it just felt special about there's something about being a member of the team to lead the way it just really resonated with me. I wanted to be a part of it. And now you look at what Angelo state's doing under, uh, under Jeff Gersh, uh, who was our defensive coordinator while I was there. And they're, they've got, they've got a heck of a program. They're going to be a contender for a while out there. And it's, it, it has to start somewhere and being a part of that class to kind of light the way is certainly something awesome. Congratulations to everyone who signed. We can't, we went out to many places. I was at Edna and Refugio. Mike, like I said, went to Yoakum, uh, Quero, and Bay City for the signings. And Jeremiah was at was at East. And there were there were a number of signings that we missed. Unfortunately, we're sorry. But congratulations to everyone. And these kids, please enjoy it. It's 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 only going to happen once. You're only going to get this opportunity once. Go and enjoy every moment of it. We're going to take a break, hear a word from Thrivent Financial, and when we come back, we're going to talk all area football. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. 
Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Welcome back into The Grid. It's time to talk all area football. We posted it online on Friday, and it's going to be in our weekend edition dated February 5th. Mike, we're just going to touch on one thing, and that's that's the guy who we think is definitely head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of being being the most crucial piece to their team. Shiner's Dalton Brooks. He's signed to Texas A&M. He's said to go be an Aggie. What a career he had. A lot of honors, everything there. Now he's the Advocates All-Area MVP in his final year. Uh, you know, for for him, I mean, for you going through, looking at all the qualities of an MVP, what boxes did Brooks check off to really to really solidify his legacy at Shiner? When you pick an MVP, you look at a number of things. One is uh, obviously uh, how that player did on the field. Did he produce? The other thing is how he contributes to the team's success. I mean, uh, and then you go from there, you look how... Um, we look at things like the thing. Let me just say this about Dalton Brooks. The thing that has always impressed me about him—it's not just his ability, which is off the chart, but his knowledge of the game. That's what I like. He he knows the situation. He knows where to line up. He'll he'll to have a player like that who can take other players on the field and say, "Hey." You need to be here. You need to be here. Um, I always remember, and I go back to the, uh, the year they won state, his junior year, uh, when they played Timpson. And Timpson had the ball in the last drive. It could have been a game-winning drive and knocked Shiner out in the semis. Uh, he intercepted a pass to preserve the win. And after the game, I talked to him, and he told me, he said, I saw on film that when he rolls a certain way, he likes to throw back to the middle. So I was in the right position. Now, how many high school players do you find like that? There aren't very many. And that's something, you know, last year him and his brother Doug shared MVP honors. But this year, um, you know, to me, he was the one player that not only with his performance, but what his value to the team uh, stood out about among all the rest. Yeah, every time I got to cover a Shiner game and talk to Dalton after, it seemed like I was always interviewing Dalton. Mm-hmm. He did something just so impressive and just mind-boggling at the high school level that he, it warranted an interview. Well, every time I talked to him, I walked away feeling just just kind of in awe of his knowledge of the game. He's, he's so smart and he's so, he's so in tune with the game that one, he's going to go have, I think he's going to have plenty of success with the Aggies playing on the defensive side of the ball. 
And two, if I, I hope he goes to the NFL, because that would be cool to say, hey, I covered that kid and he's in the NFL. But if that does not pan out, he's going to have even more success as a coach uh, as well. I think, I don't know if that's the way he wants to go, but certainly if he chooses to, he's going to succeed. Dalton Brooks, just an incredible, incredible athlete. He's the all-area MVP for the Victorian Advocate in 2022. The full team can be found online at advosports.com, and you can pick up a special copy of The Advocate on Saturday to commemorate the all-area team. All the superlatives are on there. Don't want to don't give away too much, but you can go out and pick it up. The full all-area team is inside as well. I've seen the design. It is magnificent. Brad Allerton. Art page designer did another fantastic job with it. Dewey Vu with the photos as well for, for Brooks. Just another phenomenal job all around. Now that brings us to a sad moment in the show. Uh, Friday is my last day at the Victoria Advocate. I have accepted a job within the UHV athletic department to become uh, they're assistant director of athletic communications. Uh, so this is my last show. It'll up until uh, we get a replacement in Jeremiah and Mike will be heading up the show for from here on out. While I'm not going to write a farewell column or anything like that, I do want to take this time to thank each and every coach, player, parent, everyone I've interacted with. Not just during my year and a half here in Victoria, but everyone who has helped me along the way from San Angelo to Pleasanton to here. Uh, I wouldn't be here without that help and, and so many so many of y'all trusting in me to tell these stories. Some of them good, some of them bad. I mean, that's just the nature of the job. And I, I hope I've always done right by y'all to tell the truth and tell the story as best I could. Uh, I definitely want to give a, a thank you to Mike. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike has been a mentor to me for better part of better part of four years. It was 2019, the class two, a girls regional tournament in San Marcos. I'm walking around not knowing where the heck I'm going, trying to find a place to go right after uh, the Mason girls. Uh, had reached the regional final, and Mike pulled me aside and said, "Hey, man, here's here's the hospitality room. There's food and everything in there." And from there on, you know, I I could always look to Mike and kind of see where I was going. And uh, in 2021, when when this job opened up, funny story behind it. I, I've told Mike, but my wife Carly. Uh, we were going to. It, it was a rough time at home. Uh, there was a personal, there was a personal thing happening, and she asked me one night, "Hey, if the job opened up in Victoria, would would you take it?" She's from here. She wanted to kind of be closer to home and and with family. Not even a month later, Mike, the the job opens up, mm -hmm. and it, it was almost a sign. And as I as I said in my uh, social media announcement. Life, life is a game of chess. Each move sets up the next. And 
I think that I think that was the purpose for me to come down here and and I certainly appreciate you Mike I appreciate everybody Becky Cooper our managing editor Keith Cohn our executive editor everyone in the newsroom who has allowed me uh has allowed me to work and 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 do what I love for the last year and a half and and all the friendships I've made along the way so unfortunately it's my last show I'm sorry, guys. I'll still be around, though. Now, before we let Sam go, I just want to thank him for all his hard work and dedication. Um, a lot of people may not know. You see our names in the paper. You see our bylines. But there's much more to it than that. And he has done so much above and beyond that uh, has made uh, this place a better place. And uh, it made it better for you the reporting we do and uh you know it's kind of funny i remember meeting sam at that tournament and then covering a game in jordanton that he was at a football playoff game with edna and uh, we were also at we were also at state track together in 2019 that's right so we we bumped into each other quite a bit and it's funny because i covered his wife and her brother when they were swimming. Don't forget her don't forget their sister either. Yeah, and her sister when they were swimming at uh big I guess it would have been memorial then. For for Ryan and Cassie yeah. it was memorial and then Carly was memorial and West. Yeah, right. So uh I got to meet you know, cover them and then Sam was here and uh, I'm sure he's gonna do a great job for UHV. In fact, uh I'm really looking forward to it because I think him being there will help us improve our coverage of UHV, and that'll be a big thing. So uh, we just want to wish him well. Um, I'm sorry that he's leaving, but uh, the way I look at it is if uh, you can benefit yourself and improve yourself and do what you want to do, that's what matters because that's what's important. So we we wish him nothing but well. All right, that's enough sad stuff. We're gonna <laughs> that'll wrap it up here on episode twenty three of the Grid. Next, Mike and Jeremiah they're gonna have plenty of the premier sports coverage in the crossroads. You can make sure to like, follow, and share this podcast with everybody. Get in touch with us. We want they want to hear from you either through Facebook, the Victoria Advocate page, or the Advo Sports page. Twitter, the handle's ad, at Advo Sports, and the email is sports at vicad.com. <laughs> <laughs>